Hello, and welcome to a special year-end edition of the DebtWire Middle Market Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Weisbrod. Today, we're going to look back on 2020 and ahead to 2021 in the world of private credit. We're joined by a pair of guests who spent a lot of time in that space this year. First, I'll introduce Grishma Park, a managing director at HPS Investment Partners. Hey, Grishma, thanks for joining us. Hi, Bill. Nice to be here. Next, I'll introduce Chris Ring, a partner at Goodwin Proctor and a member of that firm's debt finance practice. Hey, Chris, thanks for joining us as well. Thanks for having me. So just to start off, what did we learn about private debt and direct lending as an asset class this year amidst all the tumult that 2020 brought? Or why not? Maybe I'll, I'll start and Chris please feel free to fill in any blanks. Um, so it's been um, quite a year. Um, I, I think um, the way that the year has sort of started and ended is um, unlike I think any of us um, really could have expected. I think the the most interesting takeaways from my vantage point have been two things. I think the the first was the the magnitude and the quickness that we saw um, in terms of a snapback um, across all asset classes from public and private equity, public debt to private credit as it relates to what we saw in the markets at the onset of COVID in mid to late March and and early April, and then a real reversal in terms of pricing and risk and um, investor interest and sentiment around all the uh, various asset classes, really beginning in um, late April um, and continuing ever since. Um, And and then the second piece of it was, um, and particularly related to private credit, was the resiliency um, in the portfolios of private credit managers, um, really across the board. I think I think that there was uh, a, a big uh, sort of focus inward um, on getting portfolios in order, um, really understanding um, how portfolio companies were um, going to be impacted by COVID. Um, I think most managers um, spent a quarter or so really understanding that and working with management teams, private equity sponsors, um, and other constituents um, in order to get their arms around portfolios, deal with the most pressing portfolio issues, um, and then really quickly start to look um, outward again. Um, and um, we saw um, a big movement um, and comfort level in, in deploying capital really starting in the summer um, and, re- and that continu- continuing with, um, with, with, uh, with, with real speed in the fall and into the winter. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I, I think it's a good point regarding just how private credit did help their portfolios. And I think being proactive in this period, as opposed to being reactive, really helped uh, spark some of that and, and help them to right side situations and to be able to bounce back. And I think it provided a lot more confidence. And as we've headed further in, I mean, in the last few months, it's it's been absolutely crazy. Everyone that I've talked to when I'm doing deals, uh, it's everyone says it's like the busiest they, that they recall being in quite some time. And it's across the board, no matter what council I'm talking about, which clients they represented. It's, it's pretty fascinating from where we came from six, seven months ago, eight months ago, and just really the movement from starting at the beginning of the year, 
where things were pretty good and went down quickly and everybody was kind of had to stop and look at their portfolios. And then here we are now where deal activity just looks like it's it's going to continue up and up going into uh, 2021. Yeah, I mean, how, where we are right now, I mean, how does it compare to what where you thought we would be at the end of the year back in April or May? Um, I mean, did you have any conception of, you know, where, where we would be, say, in December and, you know, versus what it is right now? Yeah, I mean, I didn't think there would be any way we would be where we're at right now and just how open the markets are and how many LBOs are going on right now uh, with the slowdown. I, I was just surprised, I think, by the bounce back in valuations, especially for solid companies so quickly. And, you know, obviously the stock market and all that helps push all that as well. But it's just the level of deals and companies selling, I would have never have expected that. I would have thought it would have taken into at least a good portion of next year before you started seeing this much activity. It just just shows you how resilient the, the market has been this year. You know, I think from um, from my vantage point, I think we were pleasantly surprised to see that the many of the companies that we're um, investing to um, got their got their house in order um, um, pretty quickly. Um, not not to say that we're completely out of the woods. I don't think that we are. Um, but you know, co cost structures were flexed. Um, costs were taken out of the system. Um, um, companies addressed their liquidity needs um, um, quickly. Uh, we saw the value in in structural protections, such as um, you know limitations on you know what could be added back and how much could be added back. We saw the the value in having um, covenant protections and covenants that that actually had real teeth to them, so that we we had a seat back at the table and could be addressing some of the challenges that um, our portfolio investments were having um, collectively and um, and in partnership with companies and with sponsors. Um, so I think I think a lot of what um, we've known about private credit in particular as it relates to um, being a part of um, either a sole or small group of lenders providing um, financing to a company coupled with just more structural protections around the financing um, was super helpful. Um, it, I've, been, I've been pretty impressed by um, the way that um, our companies, both middle market and large cap, um, have reacted um, to the COVID crisis um, in terms of getting their liquidity in order, and then, and then dovetailing on what Chris said, um, I think the, the valuation in the public markets, I think, continued to provide a lot of um, momentum to what we are starting to see and what we saw in the private markets. Um, valuations are, are, you know, as robust. I don't even argue more robust. Um, than they were um, pre-COVID, and I think um, the the combination of the fact that that companies were doing better, that they didn't have liquidity issues where their support was needed, the support came in. Um, uh, you know, covenant relief was given um, where it was appropriate. Um, allowed, I think, lenders to have more conviction um, to be able to come back into the market and continue to support um, LBOs and other sponsor activity. So given that dynamic and, you know, high valuations across the board and the fact that, you know, correct me if, if you saw differently, but the syndicated market seemed to be pretty open in the second half of the year for a lot of companies. You know, how, how did private cred credit and 
direct lending stack up as an alternative financing tool uh, for borrowers, given that dynamic? Yeah, I think I think one of the, and and this and I'm gonna I'm gonna answer this question by sort of also answering a little bit of the prior question you asked, which is what surprised you. I I would have said that there probably there might have been more opportunities to you know, provide financing support to some of the larger um, issuers that would not have necessarily been able to tap into the broadly syndicated loan or the public high yield markets. But those markets, I think, demonstrated um, so much openness um, that 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 part of the market, I think that opportunity set was a little bit smaller or shorter lived than we would have expected it to be. Um, if you were if we were asking me um, in March or April what we could expect for the balance of the year. And I think direct lending and private credit um, sort of, um, f- you know, found their found their spots, um, and it really changed quarter to quarter. So in the second quarter, when when most of the um, markets were are, were closed, um, I think that it was a really interesting opportunity to provide financing to incredibly high quality businesses um, up and down the size spectrum at outsized um, returns and better structural uh, structures than we would have expected um, or would have even needed. Um, but there was a um, an opportunity and moment in time, and a lot of those types of deals were in, were to you know, support liquidity um, or you know, provide um, uh, some sort of rescue style financing. And there was a handful of um, you know traditional leveraged buyouts. I think as we entered um, the the third quarter, um, you started to see that shift more towards you know what we would just classify as regular way financing. Um, supporting um, private equity, private equity-backed buyouts, um, supporting healthy businesses that were looking for more offensive capital, um, and now that we're in the fourth quarter, um, I think that you you saw um, private credit and direct lending doing what they've always been doing, which is you know continuing to support um, you know good, good quality businesses with with pricing that probably feels um, like it was um, in the first quarter of this year, fourth quarter of last year, um, but with but with with better guardrails um, around the terms um, and the structures uh, on transactions. So I, I think valuations are really robust. I would probably argue even even higher than we had seen pre-COVID. I think leverage levels have sort of reverted to what we had seen um, pre-COVID, and I think sort of pricing is within that context. Um, but we are but I think we are seeing just. You know, slightly better provisions um, around the documentation than than we had seen. So, you know, there's there's been a, a little bit of a take back from for private credit managers in that regard. Yeah, Chris, what did you see from clients in terms of how they assessed syndicated versus direct lending options and how that changed over the year? Right. Yeah. On a similar note, I think when we were back in March, April. And when things started to come to a standstill, I, I think private credit was there more obviously than the syndicated market, and they were willing to work, especially those with lots of dry powder on companies that they they knew in the industry. Uh, they were the first ones to step up, of course, and and they worked with their companies very well. And I think it provided, in my experience, with a with a lot of sponsors, they they really. Um, thought the experience with many of their lenders and the relationships they had, I think, built even stronger. And it led to when things started to open, that that led to those relationships 
building some of those business and uh, allowing uh, additional lending to occur from various portfolio companies that they have. Uh, but then the syndicate market did open a lot faster than what I would have projected. And, and I mean, it's just moved even more and it didn't even slow much around. It slowed a little bit around the election. And, and then since then, I mean, it's been pretty much wide open and, I've seen deals in the past few weeks come together quicker than I've ever seen and, and the amount of time that they need to market the deals and, 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 and be able to syndicate it. It just shows the appetite out there uh, of, of all sorts of um, lenders in the market. And so I think that that's been something and it, it seems like that's going to continue into the next year. You know, one, one of the things I go back to is just take a look at someone like Airbnb, right? Uh, back in March, uh, April when they got those investments from Silver Lake 6th Street. And then who would have ever thought they would have went public and had the valuation they had towards the end of the year. And, and obviously that's a large type company, but I think that that's a good example just all the way through the market and through the middle market, just how some of these companies bounce back and how some investors and people that put in debt and some with the equity too, but added value. And I think in, in, in several instances, it's been a home run for them so far. Um, obviously, we're not all the way out of the woods, but things are looking better, especially with the vaccine on the horizon, uh, a new government stimulus package coming in. All those things seem to lead towards that. And but But I do think that's where you saw private credit step up a lot during the middle of the year and continue to, but where syndicate, uh, syndicate loans just really took off more and more towards the end of the year. I mean, what changed in, you know, when thing, you know, when things started to turn around, I think you said it was third quarter, say, um, or, or around there. Was it that people realized that companies weren't doing as bad as they had expected? Was it kind of a getting a better understanding of the situation? Was it just a reflection of the, um, of all the liquidity out there needing to go somewhere, um, you know, kind of mm -hmm. what, uh, how, what, what changed? Yeah, I, I think it was a combination of several things. One, I think the PPP loans helped somewhat. I think private credit stepping up, helping their companies being proactive, uh, providing them relief, whether that was in some instances uh, interest principal relief, sometimes not even at the request of the borrower. Uh, providing them liquidity, drawing on the lines, um, and uh, and providing them the covenant relief for the first few periods to kind of work through that process. I think that allowed a lot of companies and a lot of PE firms to really stabilize their companies and, and have the room before things got too bad. They were able to stabilize those and lead to really getting back to business and figuring out what was necessary early on, obviously, in the pandemic, no one knew what was going to happen, what was going to occur, uh, where we were going to end. I mean, it was a whole new situation no one's ever been in, right? Like, how are you going to evaluate companies? How are you going to get to them? How are you going to meet face-to-face? -face? And I think people got more comfortable doing that virtually and being able to do that, whether it's uh, over video conference or whatever. Uh, they started to realize there's other ways they can handle um, making sure the company is stable, making sure 
what is being said is correct and being able to have trust within uh, officers and directors without necessarily having to be there in person with them. And, and I think once those type of things started to realize we can do this regardless of where we're at, where we're located, and, and having the trust that built within that and seeing the company stabilize, I think that that led to generally more confidence in the market that then pushed it forward because once you had the public markets being pushed forward and seeing just how much they rebounded, I think the private markets and the private credit saw similarly and they saw that there were still a lot of good investments out there, especially in certain industries that kind of led from there. And so the evaluations weren't hurt as bad as what they originally thought. And I think, I think that that is what kind of started the market and took it on in. And, and it's just been a roller coaster. I mean, not roller coaster. It's been just full steam ahead since then. So it's been uh, a, a really good, just, I think, I, I think it just all steers around confidence and trust within the market. Yeah, I mean, I think if 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 I if you had to if you had to point to you know one major catalyst that allowed this to happen um, the way that it has, I you know I I do think a big part of it is owed to the the strong the policy response both on the fiscal and monetary front, um, the swiftness um, and the magnitude of which was something that and I don't think the uh, markets. Um, expected, um, and I think the um, markets reacted um, very strongly and very positively um, to it. Um, and so that that gave the confidence to the equity markets. It gave the confidence to the high yield market. Um, you know, during that sort of short window um, when when um, sort of all the markets appeared to be shut, um, when the when the when the stimulus came in, it, it opened up the two largest markets um, and and then and then sort of private credit dovetailed um, and then everything that we're sort of seeing in terms of the data after that um, whether it's macro data or um, micro data and in people's individual portfolios I think that the relative performance compared to expectations was better than better than most managers or investors expected um, which continued to support some of the the strength that we were seeing um, supported by the government. Um, and then when you look at, you know, what was happening to default rates um, after Q2, like you're, you're actually starting to see um, default rates return to um, a more normalized level. Um, I think we're at 4% or so default rates today. Um, when you look at things like consumer savings rates, consumer delinquency rates, um, you know, all of that is actually consumer savings rates are at all-time highs. Consumer delinquency rates are at all-time lows. Um, you see, um, it, you know, an, an increase in housing prices. So when you, when you see sort of the the macro data coming out um, that that gives you um, a lot of confidence, and then you see micro performance within your individual portfolios that is actually doing better. Um, I think that is what has been driving. You know, I know I've been reading the word euphoria, um, and and I think that's the case. Um, I do think, however, that. 2020 and parts of 2021 are not going to reflect a normalized economic environment. Um, we're seeing a lot of business today, businesses today. So a lot of the a lot of the New Deal activity um, we were seeing were in were in sectors that were not as impacted by COVID um, as you as as 
um, um, as others would be. So technology, and that drove a lot of the um, a lot of the issuances, both in the public side as well as the private side, for most of 2020. Um, you're seeing a lot of M&A um, activity um, for companies that actually experienced a COVID pop um, in terms of their earnings, um, and and people um, are applying a really strong valuation to those businesses. I think. I think for us, the big question mark is around, well, well once the vaccine is here um, and once we are in a more normalized environment and you don't have um, COVID bumps um, and, um, and you don't have um, the level of government support, what are these businesses going to do? Um, you know, what, what, what is the, the sustainable earnings power of these companies um, in 2022? Um, and going forward, um, and I think that's the biggest part of it that's opaque right now. Um, but, but I, but I would say, um, I, I would say that the, the government support um, um, of companies um, has been, you know, the single biggest driver of the snapback that we've seen in the markets. Got it. So, just to put you, the last thing is to put you both on the spot. If if you're up to it, any expectations for the world of private debt in 2021? I mean, any? Do you think we're gonna kind of continue on the same trajectory where we are now, or any any thoughts on what could change? You mentioned vaccine, new administration, but I guess these are things that are already already happening. So yeah, you know, what are your expectations for the coming year? I, I think, largely speaking, the market um, should continue um, on on the pace that we're in today. I think we're we're gonna we're gonna see um, um, an active deal market, um, healthy M&A. Um, generally speaking, I think the markets are going to be um, fairly receptive um, um, to you know, good news and, 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 we'll, and we'll go through um, and, we'll, and we'll sort of accept um, some more challenging news. Um, so I, I'm not expecting um, 2021 to look all that different than what we've, what we've been seeing from the market over the last three to six months. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, the pipeline looks uh, really good. And I think getting the additional government stimulus package in before the end of the year, I think, is beneficial. And the plan to continue to try to work on more of that, you know, I think it shows a lot that here we are at one of the worst stages in the pandemic overall. And just the the positivity around what the future is going to bring with the vaccine coming down now and with uh, more and more of them getting approval and with them having being able to distribute a lot even towards the end of Q1 and into Q2, it, it seems like especially uh, over that next three to six months, it, it looks to be very positive from, from what I'm seeing and hearing. All right, Chris, Grishma, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it. And, uh, have a great holidays and new year. You Thank too. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Happy holidays.